Welcome to NL Full Time. I'm Luke Edwards. I'm back. Many thanks to Rob for the last few weeks for filling in. I have been on holiday. I am well refreshed and we are ready to go. And it has been the playoff semi-finals this weekend. Joining me to review them it is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Good evening, Luke. Really good to see you. And, well, it's fair to say they weren't exactly cagey, dull affairs, were they? <laughs> well, we're going to start with the very first semi-final, which was described as breathless, hectic, and also he claimed that he needed a lie down afterwards. That was BT Sports, Adam Summerton, after watching an incredible game between Wrexham and Grimsby. Grimsby won it 5-4 after extra time. They actually did a Wrexham on Wrexham with a long throw onto the head of Luke Waterfall, who scored two in that game. Paul Mullins penalty had opened the scoring. John McAtee then scored a quality goal before Waterfall put them ahead for the first time. Ben Tozer equalised from a corner before Paul Mullin got his second with more than a suspicion of handball about it. That was within 120 seconds of Grinsby taking the lead. Back up the other end went Grinsby and Ryan Taylor headed in a McAtee cross to make it 3-3. Paul Hurst then brought on Manny Dusaruve, who scored his fifth goal in three games to make it 4-3 before Jordan Davis equalised again, more or less straight away from the kickoff. Into extra time it went and it looked like it might go to penalties before that late waterfall winner. Rob was there and here is the post-match reaction. Never do it again in extra time, and you did. Yeah, and no, credit to the boys. Um, we spoke about it all week about not giving up and uh, staying, you know, as a team and believing them. We keep believing them. Rookies, thanks for coming up with it right at the end. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what's the worst. It was way back in the game, but how important was it that you responded as quickly as you did after the first goal? Well, yeah, no, when when the, the, a penalty was awarded, I didn't feel like it was a penalty. Obviously, whatever happens, happens. So I just thought, when I got the ball next. Well, I'm just going to go for it, get a shot off, thank you, and stop going on. Amazing thoughts, I mean, and, and what an incredible support you've had here, unbelievable, over 2,000. Yeah, brilliant, I've never played for fans like this before, absolutely unbelievable. The crowd, the numbers, mate, and the, 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 how loud they are, for, there's only allowed 1,200 here today, just got louder than the Wrexham fans. So how many do you think they'll take to the London Stadium, because you're in the final? I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping to absolutely pack it out, Paul, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Good luck. Paul? 5-4 an extra time. That was the game plan, wasn't it? <laughs> I think Not that, for your heart. I think that probably went out of the window, yeah. Um, you know, a kind of almost ridiculous game. I thought we had drama um, on Monday to get to here today. Um, and then that is kind of, I do feel almost, you know, lost for words. And just seeing a couple of things there that you don't even realise have, have happened with the goals and... I said about penalty decisions as well. Um, I think one went against us. I'm not convinced. I haven't seen it back in mid lane, and then I think we got away with one. Mm. Does that balance itself out? I don't know. Um, I think we bore. You know, the referee it's such a tough job. Um, I don't know. If, I think I've been told Phil's not happy at all, but I'm not convinced about that. I think we both had things. It's a hell of a game, so, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and look, we you know my fault. I brought it up, but probably shouldn't even be talking about that because it's uh, <laughs> just the you know, character amazing. your boys pull is unbelievable. 
because you know you everybody every neutral would have said well if it goes to extra time you got to favour Wrexham then absolutely you know because of the way the lads were and it was a concern but they somehow dug deep and and kept going and uh, again maybe I'm biased but I, I did feel that over the course of it we we deserved it um, but I, I'll let yourself and other people. Mm. Um, decide whether that's the case or not. And you'll have been working so hard on defending against set pieces and long throws. How ironic that you go and beat Wrexham with a long throw. Yes, uh, that you've again. I've, they said that to me there, and yeah. I, I, that was exactly my words in the dressing room. And not that there was anyone there, just a couple of members of staff. Um, and walking over with the guy from TV, it certainly did. You know, it, it was a massive threat for Wrexham. Mm. They scored, I think it was 14 coming into today. Mm. I can't even remember what goals he scored. I know at least one was Mostly uh, set pieces that. Get, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, we got a couple of his own as well. I think we've been a threat at times. We've done okay ourselves. Um, Limited to yeah. 12, 1200, but my goodness me, it sounded like double that, didn't it? Yeah, and. You know, so we we could have obviously sold a lot more. It'd be really interesting now to see how many we take for the final. Um, and you know, I kind of message them. I again don't want to stop it. I think today there'll be a little bit of uh, obviously delight, enjoying some sore heads tomorrow. I'm pretty sure of that. But we do know that there's still another another game to go, and we've got to again rest up and, and get recuperated. Paul, quite an incredible game in many, many ways, but it's ended in heartbreak for you. You did everything you could individually and collectively, but I guess it just wasn't your day. No, um, that's not good enough. You can see five goals at home. It's, uh, don't deserve to go anywhere near promotion, so just have to take it on the chin. That's football for you. It's cruel sometimes, but that's where we're at. I guess it's hard to, to take much heart at the moment of what a good game it was because the overriding feel, uh, feeling must, must just be disappointment, yeah? Yeah, just ultimate disappointment, shock to be honest. Um, but that's football, as I say, it's uh, very up and down, and today's really down. You got a couple of goals. There was one moment you struck a ball really well, didn't you, for the uh, what would have been a hat trick? I think that went out for a corner. You must have scored two minutes later anyway. But uh, um, where do you go, where do you go from here? Is it just a you know just just try and dust yourself down, to try and take the hurt on with and football. Yeah. You can always, well, you often get a chance the next season to go and do it again. And obviously, we've got that. You've got to look at that for me. But I just um, today, well, obviously, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for a couple of weeks. But pretty sure, come pre-season, we'll uh, be ready to go again. Top man, thank you. Just before I leave the race course, uh, stood outside the Grimsby. Uh, coach with John Denton, uh, Grimsby fan since 1970. John, two unbelievably kind of ag- against expectation wins now. You must believe that you can go all the way. Yeah, definitely after them results. When we went to Nottingham Monday night, it was tough. We played the extra time and uh, we comes here. And I thought, well, if we play like we did on Monday, we've got a brilliant chance of going through. And uh, we got just that. When it went to extra time, you must have been thinking, oh dear, you know, we did 120 minutes in the week. This might be the difference now, but it wasn't, was it? No. I thought when we'd, in fairness, I thought, uh, that's it. I thought we'd probably lose when they went back in front. But take your hat off to the lads, it was absolutely fantastic. They kept, you know, that extra adrenaline. You know, because everyone was saying, Wrexham and, and social media thinking, well, Grimsby, they played all this extra time and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they're going to be, uh, they've got all the anxiety and that with the crowd and everything. Luke Waterfall, I think 
I'm, I'm, my head's dizzy with all the goals, but he got, he got a couple. He definitely got the winner. I think he scored the first or the second goal. I mean, uh, unbelievable show of character from him and uh, what a pro he is. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good pro. Waterfall, uh, he sticks in his neck out for the place of the lads, the team, and everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's a good lad, and uh, what a way to go out there. Eh? And who do you fancy tomorrow, Solihull against Chesterfield? Do you think uh, the home side have got a little bit more, or Chesterfield going at it a bit like you are? Yeah, it, well, it's the playoffs, isn't it? Yeah. Chesterfield, uh, when they were Halifax, I thought Halifax, when they played Halifax, it was dreadful, but I didn't think much to Chesterfield either. They ain't got, since I lost Shimanga. I don't think they've got that strength up front. Well, in fairness, Solly all deserve to be yeah. up there himself. Yeah. But yeah. so, but that, that'll be a tough game. That whoever goes through, yeah. And, in terms uh, of an occasion, Sunday. I guess it'll be bigger, noisier. If yeah, Chesterfield yeah. get there, won't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they've got a lot of banter, haven't they? You know, yeah. where Chesterfield and Grimsby got. Uh, Goes back a long way, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so hopefully we can do it. Yeah, enjoy today and uh, have a good week. And will you get a ticket for the final? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No <laughs> and you heard there from Grimsby's John McAtee, the manager Paul Hurst, also Rexon's Paul Mullen and John Denton, the Grimsby fan in Dickie. I only saw the highlights of this game, but even I was uh, pretty tired just watching the highlights yeah it wasn't i didn't get to watch it myself either i'd uh, we'd go into solihull yesterday i'd already made some plans for saturday um i'd actually set it up on my phone so i got a notification every time a goal came through and it was like literally crazy just how often my phone was buzzing telling me that there were goals coming through from this game um i i just think if if you if your role on either of those teams is to coach them in the defending of set pieces, you'd probably be looking for another job today, yeah. to be perfectly honest, because, I mean, how many of those goals came from set piece situations? You know, we've spoken about the irony of the fact that, you know, um, Grimsby scored the winner with a long throw, which you think is Wrexham's, I wouldn't say speciality, but it's a particular weapon they've got in their armoury with Bentos' long throw. And then they're undone by one, you know, but just an absolutely crazy, frantic, uh, frenetic game. Um, and I think for any neutrals watching, um, maybe the quality wasn't always there. I mean, there were some moments of quality. John McAtee's goal was terrific. I thought his cross for Ryan Taylor's goal was was a super uh, bit of skill as well. Um, but yeah, you were royally entertained by that game, even if by the end of it, um, uh, you were tearing your hair out. Yeah, Messrs Reynolds and, and McElhenney were watching. It didn't quite have the Hollywood blockbuster ending. Is this a failure, though, for Wrexham, do you think, Dickie? You have to say that it is, really. I think, given the form that they were in um, coming into the end of the season, I know they lost um, at, at Woking, I think, on the last day, which was the result which eventually handed Dagenham it to... Dagenham it was. They lost at Woking Dagenham, the previous yes, sorry. away game, I think. That's right. Yeah. Um, their home form's been so good. I mean, they beat um, Stockport in both the FA Trophy semi-final and um, in, in the league game at the racecourse ground, and they just looked impregnable there, And then it, it, which is, makes it almost so unfathomable as to what's happened, you know, to concede five goals at home. I mean, did they take Grimsby lightly? We mustn't take credit away from Grimsby because it was a terrific performance from them. Um, and you wouldn't have thought that they would have underestimated Grimsby, but yeah, you just even now, you just can't work out what's gone on in that game, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and 
and credit to Grinsby, as you say, because they played extra time against Notts County, they played extra time against Wrexham. And Paul Hurst, the one thing he's been saying to him, he's never give up. And, and they, that's the one thing they've got going for him. We're going to preview the final very shortly, but they've got a never-say-die attitude, haven't they? They do appear to have, yeah. I mean, they, they went through a rough spell, um, sort of round about October, November time. Having started so well, things did um, fall away from a little bit. I know I was at a game, um, ironically, Solihull Grimsby in, in November, which is is, uh, is going to be the final next Sunday. And I know Paul Hurst, uh, after that game, which was a 2-0 defeat for Grimsby, was lamenting um, a lack of leaders in that Grimsby dressing room. I know they, they have a number of young players, and I, but I think he was um, disappointed with the contribution of some of his uh, more experienced players that they were helping the young players through. But things have turned. Um, those younger players have, have picked it up again. Um, and yeah, you can't deny that they absolutely deserve to be there in the way they performed in their their two playoff games so far. Yeah, funny old season for them. They started off the season really well. They were top of the table. Then they slipped and went out of the playoffs for a while. Then they've had a strong end to the season. And as, as Dickie said there, spoiler alert, they played Solihull in the final. Dickie went along to the semi-final and, and here are his thoughts and post-match reaction. Game over here at the Armco Arena and Solihull Moors it is who progress to the Vanarama National League playoff final next week. They trailed 1-0 but goals from Dallas. Goodyear and Howe have seen them home and they've been well worth it I have to say. Well worth it. It ends in sadness for Chesterfield. Their players just gathering on the edge of the pitch here. It's uh, not been the end of the season they wanted, but Solihull jubilant. Fans are on the pitch. There's signs illuminated to say, please leave the pitch immediately, but they're not going anywhere. They're going to enjoy this moment, and it's off to the London Stadium next weekend for them. Uh, really grateful for the time of uh, Solihull Moors manager Neil Ardley. Uh, you've, you've been doing quite a post, few post-match interviews, Neil. That, that smile says it all, but it is a smile. You've you've come through today. Your season continues. Yeah, of course, and that was all we could do today. Nothing's won. You know, we just had to try and give ourselves a chance of one good performance next Sunday, and uh, a chance is going to be tough. I think Grimsby have been magnificent in these playoffs. You know, I've really enjoyed watching them. I watched them live at Knotts, watched them yesterday. Um, they deserve to be there. Um, we deserve to be there. 87 points, the smallest amount of losses all season um, we're a good team, they're a good team and both teams have got immense character and togetherness so it, it should open up for a, whether it's a hugely open, exciting final or whether it's a tense one but it, it, you know it's it's two good teams who deserve the opportunity to go up. Sure. We're, we're finishing third you've obviously um, had a week off in between those, uh, you know everybody else mm. involved in the playoffs was playing last weekend um, was it easy to keep the players' minds focused on this? Um, yeah, it was easy. It wasn't easy to. It, it was all about building up and ramping up for this game, you know. And sometimes you can say, obviously, it's a, it's a bonus to, to miss out the eliminator. But in the same vein, Chesterfield and Grimsby have, have had the edge of that big game mentality on, whereas we'd had two weeks where it was a little bit like, oh, we've got no game, what should we do? Um, but we tried to work backwards from the game and ramp it up. And like I say, we've tried to take care of our part in training, me and Quinny. And the, and the physio team and uh, the players have taken care of today. Hopefully, let's put the get, big game edge on us, and hopefully now we've got the legs to go and finish the job. Yeah, and say over the course of the season, when you finished it, I think people would say, you know, 
quite rightfully that it should be if things go to plan the second and third yeah. in the playoff final it's obviously not the second so with you being the third that does that make you favourites? I don't know uh, Grimsby are a huge club and they've got some exceptional players and a very very good management team so I don't know I'm not really fussed I, I prefer to be the underdog let them be the favourites um, they deserve it after beating Wrexham 5-4 at Wrexham um, we'll just go try and be the best version of ourselves. if it's good enough great if it's not you know we've had an unbelievable season uh, still post-match at the Armco Arena with Callum Howe big smile on your face there Callum um, and you got the third goal as well the one that pretty much put it out of uh, Chesterfield's reach I think yeah yeah it was um, a nice feeling getting that goal and I think it, it settled us down pretty well for the, for the remainder of the game and I thought we saw the game out well today did you um, did you know that one was going in as soon as you headed it? Because I was behind it, yeah. and it, I could see that going into the top corner. Yeah. Did you have the same feeling? Yeah, as soon as I've seen it coming over, I thought, you know what, I've got a chance here. I just threw myself at it, and um, yeah, when I seen it going into the far corner, it was a great feeling, yeah. And, I mean, you just mentioned that. I mean, Alex, good you get in the second goal as well. Yeah, and you yeah. mentioned that you both seem to keep scoring in the same games when one scores yeah, and the yeah. scores two. Yeah, it's been a bit crazy, that. Uh, I think that's three games now we both scored in, in the same game, so... Like I just say, we, hopefully we can both do it again next weekend. One more game to go. It's a big one. I mean, you, it's not you know a stage that you've kind of played on before, yeah. but it's one you've got to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like you say, we've got to look forward to it. We can enjoy today, but we know we've got one more big game to go and um, hopefully we can get the job done and, and get over the line. But um, there's a lot of belief in, in the camp and you know we're going we're gonna to enjoy it at the same time as, as grafting for each other. And, and is this a sort of... Game. I mean, when you when you joined Solihull, yeah. um, Harrogate was never yeah. came from. I think maybe it was a move that raised a few eyebrows at the time because how Harrogate were on the on the yeah. upward climb. But I mean, you obviously saw the potential in this club. When you yeah, came. definitely. But, um, you know, I spoke with the with the chairman here and and the gaffer at the time, and they told me the plans for the clubs. And I think you know, I think that year was unlucky. To be fair, with the COVID, the end of the end of the season early, it was a, the only time all year we'd been out of the playoffs. So it was a bit of a Sucker punch to, to miss out on the playoffs that year, and then you know last year we had a, we had an unfortunate year with injuries in the squad. We had most of most of the starting eleven was injured for a good part of the season, and I think this year we've we've been brilliant. You know, we've lost the least games all, all year out of all the teams, which is a, an achievement in itself. And you know, we're just we're just hoping we can get over the line next week, and uh, I think we deserve it. I think it's a great group, the clubs you know pulling together in, in the right direction. So. Yeah, I mean, one of my colleagues we do this podcast with always says he describes a little as almost like a well-oiled machine that yeah. when somebody else is out somebody else can come in and yeah. it doesn't really change the way you go about things no we've, we've been good with that to be fair um, whenever people have come in they've done the job for the team and you know the gaffer's been brilliant we all know what we need to do our own individual roles and, and as a team so I think that's showing a disappointed Jamie Grimes uh, Chesterfield player uh, Jamie it's a it, it, difficult way for the season to end yeah, of course. It's uh, playoffs are brutal. Um, you work hard all season. You've you play 44 games in the league, home and away, and you you fight in every every game for points. And then one game, few bad decisions, few bad goals to concede, and all of a sudden that's your season over. So, a bit disappointed at the moment. There's been a lot of adversity this season at Chesterfield, which you know I think has been well discussed. But you know, how is you you as a group have come through that? Um, how easy has that been? It's been difficult for us. I don't think you realise at the time what the, what effect it's having on you as players. Um, it should all be about the football, but sometimes it ends up being about things that aren't football related. So, um, but fair play to the lads. Like, we've got a good group, and uh, we've stuck together. Um, it's galvanised a bit, and we managed to well get to a semi final in the end. And we could have crumbled, but 
we had a bad run of form and we've, we turned it around a little bit but like I say still bitterly disappointed to not get the final we expect the expectations of this club are to be promoted and you've got to, you've got to deal with that pressure so we're disappointed sure. well, I mean there have been some high points in the season clearly I mean your, your FA Cup exploits and everything is something that you can look back on with a lot of pride but you know, at, at this point in time that's that's not the forefront of your thoughts is it? At the moment yeah it's, it, uh, my forefront is a bit disappointed we've just lost the playoff semi-final but I'll go away and I think everyone at the club will go away and we'll look at the season and we'll, we'll look at the highs and the lows and they do every season and just but at the moment, that's not the forefront of my mind. Like you say, I'm, I'm just bitterly disappointed. A very happy Ryan Barnett uh, stood smiling in front of me. Um, Ryan, a trip to uh, London Stadium next week. All he could have dreamed of. Yeah, definitely. I think when when we knew he was in the playoffs, obviously it was about it was about getting that third position so we could play at home. And I think we're unbelievable at home, to be honest. And um, it's all we've been working for, to be honest. We had we had a couple of days off last week, but, but the gaffer worked it out perfectly with the days off and days being in the numbers we needed to hit and. And the boys hit the ground running with the start. I know they, they scored early on, but we just spoke about that in the change room. I don't think it affected any of us because we, we were on top at that point. Sure. I mean, through the course of the whole season, you've just kind of chipped away and chipped away, haven't yeah. you? I mean, you, Halifax are in fourth place and you, you took third from them quite yeah. late on the season. You've just slowly taken yeah. each rung of the ladder as it comes, haven't you? Yeah, I think not many people have spoke about us all season, to be honest. And, and I, think it, I think we've lost one in... In 23 now so I think that's good for us because the spotlight isn't really on us we're the underdogs in most games and uh, I think that catches teams by surprise and, and we've got a really good team here and I think we're a bit underrated You're going into it um, as I said to your gaffer you know with you being third um, yeah. arguably that does make you favourites but he was quite keen to play that down you, it, yeah. it's just one more game and you've just got- Yeah I wouldn't say the favourites but definitely with us being at home like I said just a minute ago that We've been unbelievable at home this season, and I think any anyone who was in the playoffs was looking at us and thinking we don't want to play that game because our home record has been has been unbelievable and our away record as well. Like you said, we've been chipping away points, picking up points when people have dropped them, and that's all we could do. Not the mentality of the group, is it really? That you, you know you, yeah. you've been going out there not believing that mm-hmm. you're going to lose. I was just saying then, this is the best togetherness I've seen in a group for a very long time in football, and obviously I'm quite early in my career, and this is the best that I've seen in terms of togetherness and. And you look at, we go 1-0 down, but it doesn't affect the performance. Nobody's getting on to each other. We're a massive team and, and that can only help us in every game. You enjoyed the occasion today. It's an even bigger one yeah. next Sunday for you. Yeah, that, that's, that's the games you want to play in, in football, the big pressure games. You, you, want to be, you want to be playing in finals. And as soon as we were in the playoffs, we, we knew that we wanted to get to the final, which is the, obviously the goal. But I think we'll go into it with full confidence. Everyone will give 100% and we'll see what happens. Sure, and not too much celebrating, obviously, with another game to play. No, maybe a little bit tonight. I might, I might have a few few alcoholic beverages, maybe one or two, but not, nothing too nothing too drastic because, you know, you've got you've got one eye on the final next week and you don't want to be doing anything stupid. So, uh, yeah, I'll enjoy it tonight, but come Monday morning, I'll be ready. Yeah, that, that game didn't disappoint either, Dickie. And it, I think... You mentioned it in your um, your interview with Ryan Barnett as well. I think the thing that impressed me about Solihull was the goal from Chesterfield just didn't rock them at all. They just carried on doing what they were doing, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They uh, they they'd started the game pretty brightly. Actually, they could have been ahead um, uh, before Joe Quigley scored Chesterfield's opener. Yeah, they had an opportunity which Kyle Hudlin had headed pretty much straight out to Scott Lodge. It was a good save, but they could have been ahead by that point already. Um, but no, they they weren't unduly perturbed by that. They they pretty much stuck to what they were doing. That I am always struck by 
there's a lot of athleticism in, in the um, Solihull Moors side, but they have got a lot of ability in there as well. And they just kept coming, kept doing what they do. And, and then, you know, two goals from the, the respective centre-halves, Alex Goodyear poking them ahead from a, a, a corner, which wasn't dealt with. And then Callum Howe's header just really put the seal on it. I think once that one went in, I think that was probably the first time any of the teams in the playoffs has established anything more than a one-goal lead. And I think once Solihull went two up, you did. I couldn't see Chesterfield coming back, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting as well. You, we talk about Solihull, and I think we're, we're just sucked into thinking that they're a bit, because obviously they were un, under Tim Flowers, they were just kind of, they were direct and hard to beat. And because they don't concede many goals, I think people still have the perception of them. But as Neil Hardley mentioned in his interview, I think it was, wasn't maybe to you, but it was to BT Sport. They scored over 80-odd goals this year. So they're very good going forward, as well as keeping it tight at the back. Yeah, they are. The style has really changed. I mean, I saw them um, under Tim Flowers. Um, I know know my own side, Telford, went there and beat them in the FA Trophy quarterfinals. Um, And I think on the day, I came away from that one as much as I was elated with, with the victory disappointed in in perhaps the way that Solihull went about things you know that they were very close to the top of the table at the time but it was a constant aerial bombardment um they do get plenty of crosses into the box but there's a bit more there's there's more quality about it Mm. now it's not just throwing them in there and waiting to see where the pieces fall um Ryan Barnett had a great game yesterday um and and with the target to aim for like like Kyle Hudlin um you know, Barnett's a perfect man to put those kind of balls in for him. It was really unfortunate, actually, that a couple of chances fell to Hudlin with the part of his anatomy, which he's probably less proficient with, which was his feet. I mean, Solihull could actually have been um, probably well clear by half-time. Uh, it did take that third goal to to put the seal on it, but they were deserving winners on the day. Yeah, and for Chesterfield, it's a disappointing end to the season. He had a good win against Halifax, albeit a Halifax side who maybe knew the manager was going, which we'll get onto very, very shortly. And again, it was mentioned in commentary by Adam Somerton. Towards the end of the season, only Weymouth and Dover had a worse record than Chesterfield. And it's uh, it's, it's, it's probably the million-dollar question, really, isn't it? I know on the forum, a lot of the fans want Paul Cook to be given time to build his own team. But do you give Paul Cook, say, a two-year contract to say, there you go, build the team, or... Is it a case of they brought him into getting promotion, get him over the line, and it's not worked, and maybe they look for new blood and, and, and start again? It's a, it's a big, some big decisions to be made, isn't there over the summer? I think. Yeah, there are. I think I think last summer it was, you know, everybody was was clear on the, on the direction which Chesterfield were heading on the James Rowe, and obviously they started the season fantastically well, didn't they? I don't think we can underestimate how big a loss Kabongo Shimanga has yeah. been. To them, you know, I think. Well, that's the caveat to me question, I suppose, as well, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, there have been so many factors and so many things which you could argue, uh, you know, have potentially blown Chesterfield off course this season that it would perhaps be harsh to say that, you know, this is on Paul Cook, to be perfectly honest, you know, with with all the other stuff that's gone on. So perhaps he, he, yeah, perhaps he ought to be given that opportunity. Mm. Does he want that opportunity? I mean, I don't know what the terms of his coming in were. Um, It was just the end of the season. I guess there's a conversation to be had around that. There's a conversation needs to be had around that, isn't there, about whether he remains. I mean, I'm sure um, if he's going to, then, then, you know, he'll have to go to the board with his plans. Shimanga will return from injury we gather from from speaking to Jim Kellerman last week that he's doing 
pretty well, um, but obviously he didn't get fit enough in time to to be able to come back for these playoff games. And he's a big loss, you know. Joe Quigley, um, he did score yesterday. Uh, no, it's we we not want to be harsh on anybody in that Chesterfield side, but you're talking about replacing probably the outstanding player in the National League in Shimanga, and that's just a real big job for for anybody to take on. Yeah, Paul Cut was a bit non-committal and a bit bristly with uh, Jeff Brazier when when mentioned. He just wanted to give Solihull the credit. And uh, and wish them well in the final. I'm looking ahead to that final on Sunday at the London Stadium. Um, it's as we mentioned, Grinsby conceded three to four goals against Wrexham from set pieces. That could work in Solihull Moors' favour. They scored two from a set piece, didn't they? Two two to three goals from set pieces with Goodger and Howe. But equally, Grinsby never give up either. And I know, kind of, I, re- I message a few people neutrals people from Stockport and other clubs who they thought would win it. And the majority did say Solihull and Neil Hadley did say that they didn't want to be favourites, but equally it's one of those. I think you, because of where Solihull finished in the league, the run that they're on, you would make Solihull slight favourites. But as I said, with Grinsby, they never give up. So they're going to have to really earn the victory if they do get it, Solihull. Yeah. I, I mean, I know there's some um, controversy that's, today over the actual ticketing arrangements for the final um, and that potentially impacting on the number of fans that either club's going to take down there. I would expect Grimsby to outnumber Solihull down there in terms of the support they get, so we mustn't underestimate that as a factor um, and that will motivate those Grimsby players hugely. You know, The opportunity to bounce back straight back into the EFL after relegation last season. That doesn't happen too often in the National League. Mm. Um, so, you know, they've, they've got a lot to compete for there. You would look at league form, etc., and and make Solihull the slight favourites on that. But, goodness me, we probably would have made Wrexham slight favourites mm. for Saturday, um, and that didn't work out. And, you know, the two... Uh, eliminators earlier in the week went against the form book, didn't they, as well? So uh, it's just, I don't think we can call it, to be perfectly honest, but it, it's set to be a, a fantastic game. Yeah, interestingly, Paul Hurst, last time we went to Wembley with Grimsby, they beat Forest Green to win promotion to the Football League. Neil Ard, last time he went to Wembley in the playoff final was with Notts County, and they lost out to Harrogate. So they both have history one has a better history than the other of going to Wembley. So maybe that'll be at the back of Neil Adley's mind as well, that he'll want to right that wrong as well. Yeah, a little bit. I don't I don't think Neil Adley gives off the air of being a man who's especially got something to prove, you know, in terms of what happened at Notts County. I think, um, you know, he was uh, uh, perhaps, he was a bit unfortunate there. The expectations um, are, are big at Notts County and, and then they haven't been as big at Solihull Moors. It's fair to say, you know, even at this point, you know, I, I think people don't. I think I think people do give Solihull Moors credit for being a good side, but I still don't think they're spoken about in the same way that we talk about your Notts Counties and your Chesterfields, your former league clubs. Um, but then again, you know, perhaps that was exactly the same case with Sutton United last season won the title into the EFL and they've had a fantastic first season up there. I think there's any reason at all why, why Solihull couldn't do the same thing. No, absolutely not. We're well, talking of Notts County, their manager, 
Ian Birchnell left this week. He he has gone to Forest Green to replace Rob Edwards. And for me, it's slightly surprising, Dickie. I mean, he's been okay at Notts County, but you wouldn't go, wow, he's stand out. We've got to go and get him, really. I mean, he's probably done, well, I've probably met expectations in getting him into the playoffs, but they've not exactly sparkled. I know they've had injuries to the front three, but they've got probably the best front three in the league, some would argue as well. Um, some would argue against that, but certainly with the likes of Cal, um, Cal Roberts, you've got Rodriguez and also Kyle Wotton. Um, maybe they've not, maybe they have underwhelmed a little bit. So I am, it was linked with Lincoln City as well. I am a bit surprised at that appointment, if I'm honest. Yeah, and, and it will surprise people, I think, based on, on um, where Notts County have finished. You know, that yes, they're in a playoff place, but it, it's hard to deny that, you know, people probably would have um, uh, thought that Notts County might have been contenders for automatic promotion. Um, then, of course, uh, Stockport County and Wrexham spending kind of blew that out of the water. I think it's more about the, the type of coach that Ian Birchnell is um, fitting the model that they have at Forest Green. I would suspect more so than it being based on um, achievements. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian Birchnell's coaching record in Scandinavia before he came to Notts County was picked out as, you know, it, it, you know he's he had experience over there and he was identified, I guess. And that hasn't gone away. You know, that will still be there. And I, I think it's that that... Forest Green have, have identified in him rather than wanting him because he has done exceptionally well for Notts County. Yeah, you you were at Forest Green the other week, weren't you, to see them against uh, Oldham, who are going to be in the National League next year. Did, did you get that sense then that they are the kind of club, obviously they gave Rob Edwards a chance, didn't he? And he's certainly gone on and progressed now onto Watford. Do you think that they are the type of club that would look and give a young up-and-coming manager a go? In, in general, I think they I mean, are. I think that's I think they are. I think that's what, um, you know, everybody can, we can make jokes about Forest Green and vegan catering and sustainability and things like that. But Dale Vince, the chairman, is very, very keen on trying to do things in a different way. And for him, I think this idea of, you know, a a, a younger uh, coach who's perhaps more tuned into, you know, the younger former academy players um that the, the type of players that forest green have have picked up um uh, that certainly worked in rob edwards's case you know that they were a particularly uh, i think he found them to be a very coachable group there and i think that that's what they're looking for really in virtual as well is that the coachability of of the players and finding somebody who can um you they uh, somebody that the players can identify with and tap into that with him yeah, another manager leaving, another manager who had a team in the playoffs as well was Halifax's Pete Wilde. He left Halifax on Thursday and on Friday was announced as a new manager at Barrow. He gave out a very sort of heartfelt goodbye statement on a Halifax website. There was no animosity towards him from the fans. They all wished him well and it's going to be a hard act to follow, although the person they have a point to take over from Pete Wilde is his assistant, Chris Millington, which raised some eyebrows because people thought he'd go with Pete Wilde. So, it's. I mean, he's done a fantastic job, hasn't he, at Halifax? But the thing for Halifax now is they, they, they have got somebody who, who already knows the club, knows the players. Yeah, there is some continuity there, you know, by, by appointing him. Um, 
I, I suppose the uh, I, I don't like to use the word concern because um, uh, I suppose from from a, from a neutral's point of view, looking from that from the outside, I'd look and say if he's been the assistant and he's now the manager, that's not always the easiest of transitions to make. I think when you are the assistant, that you can sometimes enjoy a relationship where you're that little bit closer to the players. Um, you know, the manager or coach is more of sort of the figurehead, dare I say, authority figure. And the, the assistant manager is the one who perhaps deals with them on a slightly more personal level. Um whether he can do that remains to be seen. You know, I, don't, I don't know anything about him whatsoever to suggest either that he that he can or, or that he can't. So we will just have to wait and see. But I'm just thinking from off the top of my head, I know um, we had a similar thing happen when Jason Ainsley stepped aside at Spennymore in National League North and Tommy Miller took over. And my instinct from the outside was that the players didn't find it easy to relate to him as being the manager once he'd been the assistant for such a long time. Um in terms of Pete Wilde, I, I don't suppose we can blame him. There will be people looking and going, why on earth have you gone to Barrow? Don't, they don't feel it's that much of a step up. But I suppose he's looked at the situation he's in with Halifax and thought, you know, I think they've been in the playoffs twice under under Pete Wilde. Mm. Um, I don't think anybody expected to, them to win the playoffs in either instance. But I wonder if he feels that that's perhaps as far as he can take them and that if he doesn't go soon whilst his managerial coaching stock is is high then he might lose the opportunity um and everybody wants to test themselves at the higher level everybody wants to see you know that they want to be the best that they can be and this is Pete Wilde's opportunity yeah some some other news that we're going to look at from the north and the south and also from the national league Woken have signed um Ricky Carboa, which I thought was great. I thought it was somebody trying not to copyright Rocky Balboa, but there we go. Maybe he'll add a bit of bunch to uh, Woken's team. I know Tom really is um, really sort of complimentary about that signing for Woken. Also, Curtis Weston, he announced on Twitter that he'll be leaving Chesterfield. It's not been officially announced. I'm sure we'll hear their official announcement as well as to who's going and who's staying there. And also down in the north, Dickie, there's been some uh, comings and goings as well, hasn't there? Yeah, there have. There have been a couple of um, managerial um, changes as well. Um, Jamie Vermiglio stepped down at Chorley to take um, on the role at Buxton. Um, I did um, have a very quick exchange of messages with him last week, and I think he is going to come on the podcast and talk to us at some point. But we, A, wanted to get his feet under the table at Buxton first, plus he's on holiday as well, so um, we're not, we're not going to disrupt his holiday. That might look a, a bit of a surprise, but again, it might be a similar situation to Pete Wilde, where you look and go, takes Chorley into the playoffs, but then maybe not mm. quite capable of pushing on further, particularly with them being, you know, there will there are still going to be a handful of full-time clubs in the National League North next season. Um, Buxton are coming up with uh, big hopes um, uh, and fairly big uh, plans and, and a budget to go with it as well. And I think it's just a similar case of, of that Jamie Vermiglio um, wants to test himself out somewhere else. Um, the other club where we've had a change, oh, I forgot to mention as well, Andy Priest has taken over as the Chorley manager. So it's another instance mm. of the assistant stepping up as well. My gut instinct there is, is that Andy Priest has actually... He's married, managed at Football League. Probably level, hasn't been he, so. more involved. Yeah, I think so. Because I think when, when Chorley were actually in the national, 
um, Jamie Vermiglio uh, still had his role as a, a head teacher at a primary school. So I think Andy Priest is almost kind of like a joint manager with Jamie. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. The other changes at Kettering Town, obviously in Culverhouse announced he was uh, not staying on at Kettering. They've appointed Lee Glover, the former Nottingham Forest striker, um, and he's managed a little around uh, the, in, in the Northampton area. Um, probably a step or two lower, so it's a bit of a challenge for him. Um, and Kettering have had a couple of their better players from last season announced that they're moving on as well. Alex Brown and Connor Barrett today have both said that they're uh, seeking pastures new. We wouldn't be surprised if that turned out to be under Paul Cox at Boston United. I'm sure he would be interested in his former players. But uh, yeah, we're into that phase of the season now where it's going to be more about who's going where. And, um, you know, we've there's a handful of players we've seen announced retirements and things like that as well. So, um, yeah. A couple, of, uh, couple of full a oh, couple of in, in, in and outs as well. Altrincham, I mean, uh, Lewis Baines, I know you said today, he he played in that England Sea game at Wales, didn't he? He's moved from Charlie to Altrincham. And surprisingly to some Altrincham fans as well, Dan Mooney's left to go to Southend, keeping up Southend's policy of signing players from the North and South. Yeah, and, it, and if Mooney had gone perhaps in the season that's just finished, you might have made, um, that might have been a slightly easier move to understand in that Southend were full-time and Altrincham weren't. Altrincham are going full-time next season, so can, we can only assume that um, he um, has just been made a better offer in terms of being full-time and perhaps sees more potential in Southend as a, a, a former league club. They did turn things around um, in the middle of last season and start to move back up the table. So maybe he just sees them as a, as a, a club that's got the greater potential. Players are a little bit damned if they do, damned if they don't, aren't they? If they stay, you can sometimes go a little bit stale at a club or or if you move, you know, you're taking a, a chance. But, you know, maybe he just feels he needs to test himself somewhere else. Brilliant. Well, that is it. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. It's the same on Instagram. Leave us a like and a review as well. Dickie, thank you very much for joining us. No, you're very welcome. And uh, thank you very much to everyone for listening, and we'll see you all very soon for the last podcast of the season. (laughs) 